Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good morning, Wrestling Inc. Wakey, wakey. It is time to get going here. It is me, your managing editor, Nick Hausman, back in the saddle Tuesday for the latest episode of The Winkly. And joining me, as he does almost every Tuesday now, it's our good friend, Michael Weissman. Michael, welcome back to, to Wrestling Inc. Audio. You never left. <laughs> I've never left. I've been here all week. I got plenty of jokes lined up for the rest of the week. We're just going to make up shows for me to host now, too, I think. It's like, great. Great. We're going to do like some post YouTube post. I want to do a post show for our post show. I think is what what we're moving into here. Oh, the post rumble rumble. Yeah, exactly. I I like that. Um, Well, yeah, Mike, if you haven't been uh, Michael, if you haven't been keeping up has been what you did the post show for the rumble, Mm -hmm. right? You Mm -hmm. did our post show for raw. And today, if fans want to double dip on, on Weissman, well, you were last night here. And then tonight, if you do three shows within a 24 hours, I think we call that the three Weissman. Oh, the three wise men. Yep, I like it. I can dig it. I was calling it two for Tuesday, but the three wise men really does work out. I can dig it. You know, anyway. Yeah, because it's like the Bible reference. I get you. By the way, what is this beautiful piece of uh, science fair project you have in the background here? I I notice it's back there just waiting for us. If you're not, if you're listening via audio, I'm sorry. I just screwed the pooch on this one. But Well, I should say, I know everybody's tuning in right now, and I'm glad to see we've got some live viewers here joining us on the, the live recording of the new show. We will get to all the news and Ambrose and everything. But yes, thank you for pointing this out, Mike and Michael. Behind me is the Royal Rumble game board from uh, our Duffy's Tavern and Grill party we did on Sunday night here for the Royal Rumble. It's beautiful. For those of you that are only listening in audio form, imagine imagine uh, Michelangelo was given a piece of marble, right, and uh, worked tirelessly for months uh, to, mm. to, to design the perfect Rumble board. That's what this is behind me right now um i, just I mean out- said another way imagine you had a six-year-old and you told him to write out the numbers one through 30 on a science fair project board um and that's it yeah pretty much captured it in a nutshell <laughs> uh conversely what if it was the opposite of the thing Nick said? <laughs> it's nice you know we use this board uh we picked 30 numbers from people who got tickets for buying drinks and food and stuff and uh two fans won 100 gift cards to duffy's some wrestling ink t-shirts um, and some other cool swag I had uh, wrestling-wise just lying around my house that I give away at these parties. So uh, on that front, thank you all very much for coming out. We are going to be doing another party at Duffy's for WrestleMania. So uh, stay tuned for that. We'll have more info about that. If you're in Chicago, around Chicago, come join us at Duffy's. I can I can confirm the party will be happening. So come party with us. Um, also, our good friends over at the Two-Face Podcast, if you listen to them, they're also here on Wrestling Inc. Audio. Great people. Uh, I love I love their style. I love their energy. Kelsey has been uh, fantastic to work with here on the site. I'm very happy that they've officially announced they're going to be doing a Wrestling Inc. Uh, we'll call them Wrestling Inc. Blast Areas. Let's take the old Blast Zone name, right? Uh, Wrestling Inc. Party in Houston, the day of Elimination Chamber. It's going to be at the St. Arnold's Brewery. I grew up around Houston. I know St. Arnold's. Great beer. I'm a beer, craft beer guy. Could not be more excited about this. We'll have more information rolling out. Uh, in the coming weeks. But if you're in the Houston area, you're looking for a place to party with Wrestling Inc., 
I think this is going to happen just before Elimination Chamber. Come find us. Uh, later today on this show, if you're listening to the audio version, not the live recording news version of here, if you're listening to the audio full Winkley episode today, you're not just going to get Michael and I discussing all the news the past five days. You're also going to get an exclusive interview with Impact Wrestling's Scarlett Bordeaux. Uh, and I'm really excited to, to share this one. I recorded this late last week. You know, Scarlett is your quintessential uh, sex pot uh, wrestling character throwback in some ways right now. And uh, I think you guys are going to get to hear a different side of her uh, in the interview today. So I encourage you, if you're watching us live, go over, subscribe to Wrestling Inc. Audio. You'll got you'll get this, you'll get that, you'll get the whole show. Um, also, uh, this week, it is post-Rumble. we got all kinds of news editorials going out. we got two more Winklies this week, tomorrow, and Thursday. Subscribe, take it in. Let's get to... The news. Are you ready to talk news, Mike? I don't know if I'm ready to talk this much news. I'm always ready to talk news, but we have a crap ton of stuff to go over today, it seems like. Now, I want to I clear up real quickly. The last weekly we did was on Thursday. I had Labar on. Uh, we talked about the news that Ronda Rousey may be leaving, uh, according to The Observer, after WrestleMania. Whole kerfuffle evolved literally within the next hour or so after our discussion. It was made clear by WWE. Ronda is under contract until April of 2021. She made it clear in an interview that she is, uh, what's going on with her uh, vagina and lady parts are nobody's business but her own, and they need to lay off. Her words, not mine. Um, and uh, she definitely left the door open that she could leave, start a family, come back. Brie Bella has done that. Maurice has done that. We've never really seen a woman full-time make that return following having a child having already previously had a career on the main roster. Has that happened? Best of my mind. Uh, no, but, I don't don't yeah. think so. I mean, I think uh, you mentioned Brie. I think that's the closest we've had something like that, but I don't remember anybody. Um, you know, Maria Canellis is, is out there right now wrestling, but sure. I, I, but it's, it's not, again, they're kind of in part-time roles, not really full-time. So yeah, exactly. We have never seen anybody come back full-time after leaving to have a child or, or a woman at least. And, you know, she's there till April, 2021. You know, a year of her life goes away to have a child that leaves, you know, uh, another year or uh, half year, year and a half, maybe uh, to come back and do something. I, I could I could see her very easily transitioning into like the exact same version of Brock Lesnar. Right. I mean, yeah. that, that seems like the direction this is headed. Correct? It's it's felt like for a while now that they've known. I mean, again, the, the, the running line is she's under contract until 2021 or 2021. Was that the date? April 2021 yep. is what I've written down here. So she's under contract until April of 2021. You might be able to get a little bit more off of that if you kind of book around some some pregnancy stuff there. But uh, point being, um, this seems like they've known for a while that they were going this direction, which is why we've had Ronda come out and look so dominant for a year. I always thought they moved a little bit too fast on Ronda. Now, it's worked for them, right? And Ronda's been a dominant champion, and I think they've managed to kind of make her look really good in fans who were at first a little bit unwilling to accept her. They made her look really good because of the way they booked her. I think it's interesting now, knowing this, that she might be going away. I understand why they were so hot-shotting her so much, why they wanted to put her in that main event spot, because you got to get what you can get out of her, especially to your point. If you want her to return as a Brock Lesnar light, then you need her to look great right now. I said Brock, like Brock Lesnar. I don't say Brock Lesnar light. I mean, yeah. I guess Brock is, in my opinion, maybe the, the bigger draw, but yeah. we're going to table the Rousey discussion here real quick. We'll come back to Ronda, because we still have to talk about all the, the stuff that happened at the Rumble. But the other big story that broke literally overnight, uh, I... Uh, I'm getting older. I made the mistake of drinking a glass of milk before going to bed and could not easily fall asleep last night. So I was like up on my couch for once at like two o'clock in the morning on my 
uh, on my couch reading Twitter, reading the news, suffering from milk. And um, I I saw Wade Keller, PW Torch. It was like it broke at like 2 a.m. Central Time. Uh, it, Dean Ambrose apparently has given WWE management word that he plans to leave the company uh, after Mania. Now, here's here's the full details. And then we could dive into what this could mean. Uh, he His contract is up at Mania or right after. He could leave before Mania if they decide to not have any plans for him, not put him on, on WrestleMania. Uh, he did lose cleanly to Seth Rollins last night on Raw. Uh, he uh, was unceremoniously eliminated at the Rumble match. He's been frustrated, they say here, for a long time with the booking of his character in WWE. Uh, the the quote they were given about his unhappiness, I'm going to use this swear word here, so I apologize to the YouTube gods and whatever may happen <laughs> with iTunes. But he doesn't like hokey shit. That's what they said, which if, you know, Johnny Moxley, if you look back at his career, makes a lot of sense. We get to that here in just a moment. Um, he was offered a pay raise a couple weeks ago, turned it down. Now, there is no word if this is going to affect his wife, Renee Young's relationship with WWE. And, of course, there's the giant elephant in the room that is AEW right now, um, as the logo also sits over my shoulder, looming over my shoulder, um, that, you know, maybe he could go there. So uh, I'll sit back here for a moment. What is your take on this? And, uh, yeah, just what, what's your thoughts on, on the Dean Ambrose story, Mike? It's shocking, man. I mean, we, we, we concluded last night's post-Raw show, and I literally saw the news break within five minutes as, as we were wrapping yeah. up. And um, it was one of those things that you sit back because Dean Ambrose has become such an integral part of WWE these days. I think you look back at his time in the Shield with um, Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, and he kind of seemed like the one you didn't know if WWE would capitalize on him, but they they did. They let him have world title runs. They've uh, put him in the spotlight main events. And so to hear this at first, it's very it's very taking aback because he seems like the kind of guy, especially with his wife Renee being there and in, in the spot she is so so high profile. He was kind of like a WWE lifer, uh, you know, not forever, 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 but but a guy that's going to be around for a long time in that company because they're taking care of. It. It's not like a guy like Dolph Ziggler. If Dolph Ziggler leaves, yeah, you get it because he's always underused. But when you hear the reason and you know Dean Ambrose, Dean Ambrose is unhinged on screen, but also behind the scenes, he's very particular, he's very private, and you see the way he's been used. And, and I think Wade Keller went on to say that the speculation is it's because he's been displeased. It's not about money. It's because right. he's been displeased with the way they booked him. And you look back at these segments with the syringes and the bud and all this stuff. I can get it. I can get why a guy who feels like he might be stable financially is like, you know what? I, I, I value my craft more than I value the paycheck and stability of a big company. Yeah. I, 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 you know, that seems to be the word from a lot of talents we're hearing right now. There's a lot of buzz about different folks, the revivals unhappiness backstage. Uh, you know, definitely seems like the company's, been much more uh, friendly towards Finn Balor and AJ Styles as of late. Um, and, and yeah, with, with Dean, I mean, AEW, look, the, the, the report we got here, uh, I'll go a little bit down my, my run sheet here. The Observer said that, you know, before AEW was a thing, uh, Don Callis almost made a deal with Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho to come to Impact. <laughs> before aew kenny omega would have maybe done uh impact uh with with jericho uh omega would have still done 30 dates uh with new japan pro wrestling but you know omega is now expect you know he's expected to sign with aew probably for a huge sum of money if he'd have signed with impact uh the word in the report was that he'd have still worked 30 dates a year for new japan but he's going to get a great deal chris jericho has said this is the best deal he's ever gotten in his entire pro wrestling career. And that speaks a lot because he worked through the nineties jump ship during the attitude era. And he was reportedly making a hundred grand per match in new Japan 
recently. Uh, he made the same amount for the greatest rumble. These are crazy numbers right now, Michael. Crazy numbers right now. If you are Dean Ambrose and you're sitting there and you're and you know you're saying, "Man, I have eaten, uh, I've been eating a lot of poo." to get to where I have right now, which is like a Vince McMahonism, right? You get really mm -hmm. good at eating, eating doo-doo uh, in order to become successful. And so he's eating a lot of, eating, eating a lot of, eating a lot of that. <laughs> crow. Can we just say crow? crow. Less graphic. <laughs> I don't know. Um, they got milk on the mind. Yeah. Um, I uh, but, um, you know, this is a crazy amount of money right now. And if you're Dean and you're in this position and you genuinely have struggled to break through, get that creative, juice going i mean this you, you look back on that brock lesnar hardcore match he had a couple wrestlemanias ago it was just a train wreck and look dean ambrose very compelling character uh a compelling guy he's got the look he's got the it his matches are not the mm -hmm. traditional modern day indie matches they're very old school and you know he's just in a different he's such a he's a he's a he's a he's a drift i wonder if a change of scenery is like he knows He's got to do it. Look, you've seen yeah. the success of Cody and these other guys who have left and gotten more popular and come back stronger, you know? Well, we're talking about, I mean, you mentioned all the money that's being thrown around right now. We're talking about maybe not quite as big as Attitude Era level money, but there is money out there that has not been there in two decades, right? There is money out there being used to draw talents across to different promotions. And we haven't seen this in so long as, as a professional wrestling community. So that's really crazy. And another conversation for another day, really about how impact wrestling has kind of suffered the brunt of AEW's debut. But I think the bigger thing here for Dean is, he, you know, his style. I, I think Dean, as you said, a compelling character. I think he's a compelling guy. I think he's great. I, I think he's really good on the mic. And I think he brings that intensity. I think in the ring, he's always been kind of meh to me i don't recall any of his matches being standout when he was an indie wrestler he was a hardcore guy i think back to his time on the indies and he was not the same kind of wrestler that we have in seth rollins or roman reigns he's all that being like janela he's a little bit like a janela absolutely i think that's a yeah. great comparison but but yeah. where, where can he go next so i think that's the question for dean is what does dean need in his repertoire right he's been in the wwe system uh he can get money somewhere else now it seems like maybe he does go to new japan i don't think he goes to impact i think that's a step down for him i think he could be a, a great spot in AEW, but but the danger for WWE right now is losing talents like this. So this was never an issue ten years ago, five years ago. But when there is somebody else on the scene, talents feel like they have options, and the slightest things, the smallest things that we may never know, can make a talent feel like they need to go somewhere else because it is available to them. That's dangerous. Yeah, and you know this is this is when it becomes fun. You know, where I, the press, other members of the press become the intermediary here, right? Because like it's illegal to directly negotiate with somebody under contract, Alan, <laughs> right? But it is it is not illegal to have that information leaked to the press, become open source info. You know, last week I I described uh, Tony Khan opening the Observer and being like. Ronda Rousey is uh, apparently going to be a free agent here pretty soon. That's something to think about, right? That one turned out to be a lot of smoke. This one there turns out to be fire. I mean, uh, I can uh, cut down here. We get to the rubble here in a second, but there were a couple other people that you know are are available now or seemingly are available. Wrestling Observer reporting: Matt Seidel. He finished with Impact on January first. He could go to WWE or AEW. I, I mean, again, like if you're AEW and you've got a war chest of money, this is where the war is being fought right sure. now. You know, this, I mean, these guys are best case scenario. And if you're Dean Ambrose, you've got to know that. Uh, Jungle Boy, he's officially signed with AEW. That's uh, Luke Perry's son who's been tearing it up in GCW and elsewhere. Had the, the uh, joy of seeing him at 400 degrees. Great guy. 
Still needs to be refined. Still a little green. Great talent, though. Um, Chris Van Villet, uh, a sports journalist, was in Phoenix, not covering um, the Rumble. He was there with a Phoenix resident, Dolph Ziggler, not in the Rumble, who confirmed he uh, is on hiatus from WWE. And he said he's on a handshake deal with WWE right now that's uh, unlike what's on paper. And he left the door open to joining AEW. Again, like negotiating in the open. And, and Dolph Ziggler, I mean, look at that. Dolph Ziggler, Matt Seidel. Dean Ambrose. These were all within a five-day period. All those stories came out, Michael. Five days. Everybody, right. the, every, if you're if you've got any worth and you are near getting your contract out or are currently a free agent, they want the world to know. You know. Well, and 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 so you, you look at it from AEW standpoint, and it's really got to be about them. What is the value out of certain talents? I, I think um, there are certain guys you bring in like Dean Ambrose who can have a spot in there and elevate your promotion. I think you bring in, you're seeing this, they're bringing in some other younger talents that don't have huge names yet in WWE, but they want to build up as their own. And it's that right mix. I mean, you're not going to go after everybody. You're not going to get everybody. You know your main roster is going to be the Bucks. Cody, um, you're going to have Chris Jericho in there as your legend. Obviously, Kenny Omega's there. A guy like Dean would be a great pairing with those. A guy yeah. like Dolph, I think that's the mix you want to see happen. And, and people are saying, oh, put Zack Ryder over there. Put this guy and the other guy. Not all of those guys are going to fit. I, I, I want to see these guys succeed. I want to see everybody succeed. But look, Tyler Breeze might not be the right fit for this promotion either. <laughs> look, Zack Ryder, he lost on Monday Night Raw. This is the best booking he's had in years. He's not leaving the company <laughs> right now. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Second, though, I mean, it is crazy to think about, like, Dean Ambrose, Dolph Ziggler. You know, the reason that Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were so impactful with the whole NWO thing is because you were so ingrained as seeing them as WWE guys. That was Razor Ramon and Diesel. I remember when I first saw it, I was like, what is Razor Ramon doing here? It was a weird especially since I was like 12 or whatever when the right. was like we hey, were no. all real dumb back then and we believed pro wrestling was real right so yeah exactly I was like what <laughs> he has a different name he's not raising Ramon he still had the toothpick um but anyway I digress Kevin Gill shout out um you know I the reason that works so well is you identified them as WWF guys at the time Dean and Dolph like you said these are these are guys that would be considered lifers under any other circumstance right if if there wasn't AEW in the water right now for those two faces to come together even yeah. right crash the end of double or nothing something like that is a unit that's uh, with maybe even Seidel is a part of it I think you could say people would still associate him as Evan Bourne interesting I don't know a, a very interesting group of people where we've moved away from top indie talent the the rumors about WWE talent have begun. Very interesting. And you got to look at it like too. I mean, I love to compare it to WCW back in the day because WCW had Hogan before they had the outsiders. And it's so crazy to think back to this, but Hogan was basically a free agent. He had kind of retired from wrestling to do acting when WCW brought him over. And then the outsiders coming over kind of opened up that floodgate. And what you got to think if you're WWE, if a couple of big talents do jump ship, that makes it more legitimate. And I, I know this happened back in NWA TNA a little bit, but it wasn't quite the same. It didn't have the same vibe as we got right now. You got to think John Cena knows he could do it if he wanted and just like <laughs> blow the roof off the place, right? He'll never do it. I mean, Chris Jericho, I think, is your big get for them right now. I don't, I don't I think, think. I think he'd do it. I, I know Cena's everybody says I'm crazy. I think at some point Cena will be in a position where he's going to, and, and does he take it? I don't know. But I think he will very seriously make that consideration at some point. I just want to go back here for a second. Chris Jericho almost signed with Impact Wrestling. Can we just? <laughs> it's oh, weird. Omega. And Kenny Omega. Oh, man. Poor Don, Don Callis. Callis. Don Poor Don Callis. Callis. Man. <laughs> to, for him, like, there's got to have been that period where he's like, 
this might work. Yeah. This could really, this could really happen, you know? Like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Impact wrestling is relevant again. Ugh. I wonder if I can get Don this week. I'd love to talk to him about that report. Just I like hear. Impact. Impact's got a great a lot of great talent over there. Yeah. I, they're just getting overshadowed. That's the only problem right now. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. I think Impact's doing a lot of, a lot of smart stuff here as well. Uh, lastly here, my other two were uh, Observer reported that AJ Styles' contract uh, with WWE also does come up in April, but he is expected to stay. He seems very happy by all accounts right now in his position. So uh does sound like he'll continue to stay around. And the Observer also reported that B Priestley has turned down a WWE offer. She's on AEW's radar. She may even be announced as part of the uh, AEW women's division as soon as the pool party on February 7th in Vegas that they're throwing. So that's all of the available talent wrap-up. Let's get right back to the Rumble here. Got a little off the, the beaten path here. Man, the Rumble was on Sunday, and that's not even my lead. That's not even the first 20 minutes of the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you, you could spend seven hours talking about the Royal Rumble because it lasted that long. So there you go. <laughs> Man, no wow. kidding. Yeah. Long and we show. were at Duffy's and they gave me a free bar tab and I was just miserable. Mm. I was just miserable. Mm, man, that's they, terrible. They treated me terribly there. Ten hours of free drinking. God. JK, Duffy's, my favorite. Come party with me. I may, I don't know. We'll see if I'll be there many a weekend or not. We've got a couple things on the table. Um, all right. Becky Lynch has won the women's Royal rumble. Uh, earlier in the night, she tapped out to Oscar. She then popped up on raw confronted Ronda Rousey and said, let's do this at WrestleMania. Now this was a kind of controversial segment. I think that happened last night. Would you agree? Raj and I had differing opinions on it. So I think that, um, if, if you watch our show, we talked a little bit last night about, we had differing opinions. So I know the WWE universe and fans in general, pro wrestling universe had differing opinions. Did you like it? Did you think Rondi looked strong, Nick? No. Or, or Rousey looked strong? No, I didn't. No. I thought I thought that by the end of the show, Brock and Seth felt more like the main event than Ronda Becky. I, I thought Becky felt like the main event. I thought Ronda felt a little bit. I, I, thought she, I thought she felt a lot overshadowed. I think her lines were too scripted. She didn't feel as genuine and connected. And I thought... Becky looked fantastic, though. She was amazing. Her poise was incredible. I don't think that Rhonda likes to be disliked. I don't think she likes yep. to be booed, period. Yep. You know, yep. uh, I think that she in her head sees herself as a bit of like the female Bret Hart. You think that's fair to say? Sure, I absolutely. Mean, yeah. You know, I'm I'm this strong, powerful female influence. I want to carry the banner proudly type thing. And I think that I don't I don't think that she likes the booze. And I think that it is very interesting that now that it is very clear to the fans that they can bully Ronda Rousey, I'm interested to see how that dynamic plays out. And if Ronda can get back, get back the cheers to where they were when she, when she debuted, if that's possible. I think the issue with Ronda and we've seen it, we've seen it in the press a lot and maybe not quite as much in the ring because they found ways to protect her. But the issue with Ronda is she's just a little bit weak when it comes to that public perception. It, she feels like somebody's digging into her personal life. She feels like you know, it's the reaction last week about the pregnancy thing, right? People, you know, nobody's her vagina is nobody's business, but her own. And that, that was her kind of her leading remarks there. And it felt very punchy in a way. We are talking about contract negotiations and her possibly having a baby. And yeah, that's private stuff, but you're in a, you're a public figure here and you're, you're a public persona and, a, and this is a business and it affects business things. And so for her to kind of attack the media about that and say, well, none of this is your business in a way that that was very uh, offensive, uh, not not offensive, but on the offense. You see this in the ring now. You see this whenever she's having a promo that she 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 reacts, and I, I think that's a sign of 
she's just not quite mature enough in this business yet to understand. You would think she would be after UFC, but she still's got that weakness about her. It, it, it is. It is a little. It, I mean, it's a very interesting observation that it, that the fans now know they can get to her. She called it out and said, "You got to me. You 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 made me stumble by booing me so much." And if the fans know that they can take out Ronda like that. It just it, it opens up the door for a very interesting, different dynamic between Ronda and the fans. I mean, it's almost shades of like, almost like Royal Rum or not Royal Roman Reigns, yeah, type heat where the fans know. But he he's cool, man. Like he wouldn't let it get to him. He knew they were doing it, but he was going to do his thing regardless. I'm trying to think of somebody else that reacts the same way as Ronda, where when they don't get the reaction they want they kind of shut down a little bit. you know. It reminds me the most of the watch chance, I think, to a certain extent, which is the fans use those watch chants to screw with certain talents. And then you would come and see guys who come out there and they knew how to play against those and, and change their cadence of their talk and everything else. So the watch chance didn't work. And Ronda's just got to figure that out, how to get out of her own headspace because the fans pick up on it and they were going to use it. And, um, you know, they're relentless. The WWE fans can be relentless. Yeah, they can be. And that's and that's why I say, you know, this is this is interesting uh, because the fans now know they can get to Ronda. And, you know, to your point about how she gets she goes on the offense uh, when people get up in her face. Maybe that's the game to play here with these two. You know, Becky has that that poise. She's available. She's uh, able to carry herself on the microphone. Maybe it is a game of Becky continues to walk Ronda up to the line and then Ronda uh, expresses herself physically, you know, yeah. which is where I think she's going to do her best storytelling anyway. So. Maybe they find a way to play into this dynamic, but that was a very I, that was a very weird segment to me, and I agree with you. I think Becky just held her own in, in a completely different level than Ronda. It's such a strange feud right now, too, because typically the the babyface champion is chasing the the heel who kind of always gets the one up here. But this reminds me more of like Austin back in the day when Austin would go after the champion. People felt honestly believed he could do it. I think, you know, Ronda's got to find some way to regain her assertion as the champ. I think talking is not the right way to do it. I think holding up the belt, proving that, yes, I am number one, and you've still got to beat me to get this, that's the way you got to go. Yeah, and it, it is. It's like I would love to be a fly on the wall of creative, right? Do you have Ronda just destroy Becky Lynch to prove that, you know, if she runs her mouth that she can be put in her place, right? Or, you know, do you do you make the choice to, to I would say, a controversial choice to make Becky more heel? Right to 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 suffice, Rhonda getting cheered. Do you? I mean, but why kill that momentum and have Becky change a, a bit of what she's doing when this is mm. organic lightning in a bottle right now? Uh, interesting. It's interesting. I would definitely yep. think that the the whiteboard was changed a bit. <laughs> that, yes, that on Monday night. Uh, also coming out of the women's rumble, uh, uh, P, uh, PWInsider.com reporting that people backstage were pleasantly surprised by the big pop that Nikki Cross got, she was very well received. I thought at the show, uh, it's uh, funny because Nikki Cross, we, people who've watched her career know her, but she's not a huge name still, you know? Yeah. Give her time. She's still fresh the roster, but she's got a good look. Um, I can see her going especially in the healthy women's division right now. There's a lot of people for her to work with. Um, but one person she won't get, be able to work with uh, injured in the rumble, Ember moon uh, injured her elbow is going to require surgery. I didn't see a timeline for her return, but uh Bummer, big loss for Ember here. Uh, hope to see her back here real soon. On the men's rumble side here, let's talk to men's rumble. Seth Rollins won. He eliminated Braun Strowman at the end. Uh, he had to make his decision on Monday Night Raw. Uh, he beat his buddy Dean Ambrose up. We already talked about Dean. But then he got confronted by Brock at the end of the show, got laid out with six F5s. We never even saw Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan have any interaction. So it's Brock versus Seth Rollins here at WrestleMania. Uh, execution, I thought, I mean, look, yeah, between the opening segment where the crowd was chanting Slay the Beast, 
right? And Triple H and Seth are like, man, did we pay? Did we put a $20 bill in everyone's pocket <laughs> when the show started? <laughs> this is incredible. Uh, you got that. He beats Dean. He looks strong there. Then Brock destroys him. Excellent storytelling. This was just top to bottom. I, I was skeptical. Why choose Seth over Braun? I was absolutely proved wrong. I thought this was very, very well done on Monday night. Um, and I, Through the rumble into, into Monday night. They tease a little bit. I was I, I kind of got excited for a minute. I like the idea of Seth and Brock. I think he's the right guy to go down this road. But I got excited for a hot minute when it seemed like it might be Seth and Daniel Bryan. And I said, man, there's a lot to work with in that feud, and it could be a yeah. dream match. I, I, so I like the tease throughout Monday night, but it's definitely the right call. Brock's got to lose here. He's got to lose. Yeah. Seth is the face of your company moving forward. Man, you, you Seth can work house shows, but tag matches, and he only gets the hot tag, and that's it. Yep. You know, don't endanger this guy. You know, I would hate to hear some stuff. That's all I was thinking. I was like, this is so perfect. <laughs> I hope this man doesn't like pull a Randy Orton and like tear his tricep taking the garbage out or something. Uh, you know, <laughs> walk um, into the ring, tear both quads. Right? You don't want that. Yeah. yeah, this was just so well done. This is exciting storytelling. Uh, I man, yeah, Ronda Becky was a was a shoe in for me following especially Becky winning the women's rumble. But um, yeah, uh, instead we were going this route. Now I thought it was interesting though, in the men's rumble, we got Nia Jax in the 30th spot that, uh, you know, uh, Justin Labar was on the show last week. He was talking about how we saw Becky in that slot, winning the men's rumble. Instead, we got Nia here, mix it up with the boys. Didn't go the distance. What was your take on, on Nia Jax getting a, getting a chance to enter the men's rumble here. It was such a strange decision for WWE to do this. It, it almost felt like a little bit of a um, a little bit of an insider nod just to like have fun, wink, wink, poke, poke. I don't really have strong opinions on it. I, I think the more curious thing is that they had her do that on Sunday and get some offense against the men. And then Monday night she came out and they had that weird segment with Dean. And it's almost felt like they were teasing something like, I mean, you could legitimately do a Dean versus Nia Jax match, I guess. You could go that route. It would be strange. I'm not saying it would be bad. It would just be different. And it seems like, are they, are they going to do something with it? I don't know. I don't know what they, I, I, I legit in the back of my head. And it was so weird. I was like, this feels like Dean just like grabbed a chair and was like, I want my moment. to tell story. <laughs> yeah, right? That was just a weird little moment in time that didn't amount to much at all. And they're like, that's, they're like, fine, give him a microphone, let him sit down. And once he starts to talk, we're going to send an eye out and we're going to cut the mic. <laughs> and then if he wants to cause a scene on national television, then we'll deal with that that way. I mean, that's, and, and I, maybe I'm completely huh. wrong, but that's, that's yeah. how that felt to me. And I would say, look, here's the reason I don't feel crazy saying that is I know Dean's friends, right? Some of them that worked at CZW, one of them, uh, who I, I'll just call it Robert Ego Anthony is a local Chicago wrestler, very tight with, with Dean. He would do that. He would, I, I swear, this man has jumped on live commentary with me out of nowhere. He has bum-rushed booths. I know this is like a totally different beast, but you can't kick the, you can't kick the, the outlaw out of, out of the wrestler. And if it's in you, you're just going to do weird stuff sometimes, you know? Yeah, well, in the reports being now that Dean might be gone uh, here in a few months, it does add a layer of kind of that breaking kayfabe skepticism to like maybe this wasn't planned or and, you know maybe they just went with it. I, I still was it supposed to be a pipe bomb type moment? I don't know. It's strange. Uh, more strange though, Nia Jax kind of getting the upper hand here, making Dean look very weak by proxy. I think that's interesting, but she weird. I, I don't know. It was a weird thing to do. Intentional or unintentional, it was one of my favorite things I've seen on Raw in a long time. And it was like only a minute. Yeah. And I, like, I and I was like, well, that that's my hook for next week is I wonder what the F is going on here right now. Here's know? my big thing though, right? So Dean Dean Ambrose aside here, Nia Jax, I, I don't understand 
I'm actually not a big fan of them using women in the men's match, just like I'm not a fan of them using men in the women's match because to me, she comes out. She's already had her moment for the night. It doesn't really amount to much, and you could have done something else with that spot with a man who um, might have might have benefited from the rub a little bit more rather than just say, look, we had a woman. It was a gimmick. It was a way to use a woman as a gimmick, and I didn't like that. Yeah. Uh, all right. I, I, I just didn't like it because I was like, well, you have men's and women's rumbles yeah. now. This completely, like, what? Is Braun Strowman going to win the women's rumble next year? Is he going to throw Alexa Bliss through the ceiling? Like, what's going to happen here, you know? Yep. If you're going to do this kind of stuff, just have one rumble, right? Yep, yep. Just I agree. Just have one rumble. I agree. Um, and go back to that. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, surprises in the men's rumble other than Nia, Jeff Jarrett, Hornswoggle made an appearance as well. Um, uh, Hornswoggle was in the women's rumble. Apologies. But yeah, Jeff was number two, confrontation with Elias. Michael talked all about it last night on the Raw rundown after uh, the show. So just go listen to the Raw review show. We're not going to review it, but I was happy to see Jeff. Uh, John Cena was pulled from the, the Rumble last minute, which was already kind of known, replaced by Braun Strowman. Also at the show, Eric Rowan returned to help his buddy Daniel Bryan, I guess his buddy, retain over uh, AJ Styles. I love that these guys just look like they work or live at a commune. Is yeah. That the thing? <laughs> yeah, hipsters in paradise. Is that, I mean, this is what we're going <laughs> to. Oh, they should show up on those big, funny bicycles, right? <laughs> or like, the big... you know, like the hipster bicycles, the like tall mm. rap, rap mm. patrol. Anybody mm. rap patrol people out there? Mm. Okay. Anyway, mm. um, maybe they just need an underfed dog that they're like playing their ukulele for. <laughs> you know? You're going like full from hipster to hippie. I mean, this is a full transition here. Dude, I'm not that far from Wicker Park here in Chicago. I know what hipsters are like. They're not all just fun top hats and steampunk glasses. You're all broke or like, <laughs> or pretending to be broke. That's, yeah. I get it. You know, whatever. I guess you go if you're from a hipster, if you're actually, you have some money, you're a yuppie right at that point. No, I like this. This is, I mentioned the other night, it's like kind of like a straight edge society type gimmick for Daniel Bryan. True. Uh, I, I think it's a, I think it's a good place. I, I thought CM Punk was always great doing that straight edge gimmick when they had the straight edge society in full. So I like this for Daniel Bryan. I hope to keep Luke Harper away from it though. They don't need Luke Harper here. These two guys work well. Bring in somebody else, not Luke Harper. Yeah, Luke Harper could do something else when he comes back. Yeah. He's he's more than fine on his own. But with Rowan, like I wonder what they have planned next for Brian. Um, because Rowan is such a great addition for me because he creates a little bit of a wall in between mm. Daniel Bryan and whoever. So you get to you get to have a more again, I'm using a negative word here, but you get to have more of a chicken shit heel with Daniel Bryan where he's always on the run or he's got somebody in between him and whoever. I just think this is a, a very good use for Eric Rowan. I think this will probably be the best run we've seen for Rowan. Um, definitely since the Wyatt family. I think this will be a better run for him than the Wyatt family because yes. it, it seems more real to me. My know? favorite thing that came out Sunday night, I said this in the post-game show, was uh, Matt Fowler from IGN tweeted that he wondered now if Daniel Bryan had actually still been a part of the Wyatt family all this time since he had been assimilated three years ago, and he's just been waiting for his moment to reemerge as the face of the Wyatt family. I'm, I Look, I'm not <laughs> against it. I don't hate it. Whatever. Let's let's get into it. Let's get some backstory going. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura won the U.S. title on the kickoff show. WTF. Don't know what's going on there. I guess we'll find mm -hmm. out tonight. Uh, there was a fan that was forced to remove their AEW shirt ringside. Did you see the video of this? Yep. Yep. That was that was not a good look for WWE. That is not necessary. I mean, I said they're lucky that he had an undershirt on, but <laughs> so he could take off that shirt and he was not just bare chested. I get why the guy's front row, right? But it. It draws more attention if you're the bigger dog here and you do something petty like this. Yeah, it's a different time now than like in the 90s and stuff, I guess. You know, not everybody had like a camera phone, right? Now right. it's like you can't do this without it getting noticed. And uh, uh, I, I, I'm interested, you know, I, I, I say I'm interested, but again, I remember going to the AEW. I was at the AEW rally in Jacksonville. 
I was at the SmackDown in Jacksonville right afterwards, and it was night and day. Like SmackDown did not feel like an like the fan the AEW fans were trying to take it over at all. It felt like a family wrestling show that was a little bit edgier because the AEW pushed them in that direction. So I don't know how crazy this will get. You know, yeah, it's it's it's. I remember a few years ago, WWE was confiscating signs of things they didn't agree with or whatever. It was weird stuff that's happened one off here and there. You just to your point, back in the day, you could maybe do it because nobody it was reported or rumored. But now there is photographic evidence, and you are giving your competition free promotion every time you do this. Yeah, uh, a couple more notes. Uh, one more note here coming out of uh, of Royal Rumble. Also, weirdly AEW related. Chris Jericho fired off a couple uh, tweets during the Rumble. Uh, one of the which said that Brock Lesnar needs to lose his gut and pull up his pants. And he also said that ROH and WWE, uh, AEW only wants like six or eight of their guys. We don't need you. <laughs> like a lot of people. Now look, some people said Chris Jericho was drunk when he tweeted these Jericho has denied those allegations, but these are stiff shots here from Chris Jericho. And I don't really get the motivation for why he did it. The chalk this up to weirdest. I mean, in a, a week full of just bizarre wrestling stories, this is the weirdest wrestling story we've had in quite some time. Just as far as being out there, Chris Jericho has seemed like a guy and he's come out in recent weeks and said, he told McMahon he was going to sign with AEW. He seemed like this guy who was kind of this in between. He could go to any promotion. He could be partnered with anybody. New Japan wanted him. WWE would bring him back. AEW wanted him. And yet he does this really strange thing where he just starts throwing bricks in a glass house and he throws it at Brock Lesnar. Maybe it's a jockeying for a, um, some future matches. Only Chris Jericho knows his intent here. I think it was unnecessary. And for a guy, he, he seems like he's tooting his own horn a little bit too much here. He's like, look, AEW, we're awesome. We don't need anything else. I'm awesome. I'm better than Brock, especially Chris Jericho. Come on. And I'm, I'm not one to rag on wrestlers for their body shape, physique, whatever else. Chris Jericho has been in better shape in recent years, but there for a hot minute earlier into the 2010s, Chris Jericho had his own little flabby gut going on. Dude, come on now. It's, it just it just seems petty. Again, another word here, petty. If you look at the replies, the responses to that Chris Jericho tweet, like 80% of them are just photos of Chris Jericho with a little bit of a gut hanging out. It's, you know, it is what I, I don't get it. Uh, I, I don't get it. I don't know what's going on here. I know Chris Jericho doesn't like, like him and Brock Lesnar nearly like came to blows. Uh, the the what was it SummerSlam when when he nearly killed Randy Orton in the ring? Remember that? Yeah, 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 yep. That was, was SummerSlam. That? Yeah, three years ago for you. Yep. Yeah, where he like threw the the hard elbow and like cut yep. Randy Orton. Randy Orton bled, almost died in the ring. And yeah, I guess there was that story that Jericho got really hot, like confronted <laughs> Brock Lesnar. He's a crazy well, person. And why is he bashing WWE when he calls the randoms the nobody? I mean, what's the point in all this? You know, again, he kind of went into business for himself here a little bit. I think that's the issue here. Jericho is your legend. He is your veteran on this roster. If I was AEW, if I was Cody Rhodes, I would have somebody talking to Jericho saying, listen, dude, we're trying to do business the right way. We're going to we're gonna challenge them on creative. We're going to do our own self-promotion, but we're not going to go to like the selfish kind of our selfish kind of just petty bashing that's not what aw is aw is we are better because our product is better well and maybe also look you know we have no idea what the legal teams of these two entities are doing behind closed doors and it is you know look jimmy jacobs lost his job cease and desist orders were uh letters were sent out uh after uh the the quasi invasion you know maybe the heat was getting a little hot where all these rumors are you know we're looking at Dolph ziggler dean ambrose they're all jumping to AEW. Maybe this was his way of acting out and trying to send a message. Look, we are we are not trying to tamper with contracts. We are not in mm. talk with all of these people. Uh, was another way I could have taken that. You know, publicly making the case that 
you know, don't don't come at us when there's, you know, only smoke and no fire, my friend. Maybe, but but again, the petty attacks on Brock Lesnar kind of offsets that to me. If you know, listen, Chris Jericho is one of the greatest of all time. Some people will say he is up there with the top three greatest of all time, right? But Chris Jericho does sometimes let his ego get ahead of himself, and I think this is one of those cases, unfortunately. He's a rock star. He's a wrestler. You expect it, I guess. Uh, yeah, sorry. Well, we've got a little long here. I'll try to I'll try to get through this. I don't want to keep you here all all forever, uh, Michael. But this was a huge past five days of, yes. of news here. Uh, NXT TakeOver was on Saturday night. Uh, Johnny Gargano, the new NXT uh, North American champion, the War Raiders, the new NXT tag team champions, show went off the air uh, with Gargano and Ciampa, DIY, posing with their titles. Uh, after the show went off the air, there was a confrontation between Ciampa, Gargano, Cole, Velvet Dream, Velveteen Dream, Ricochet, and Aleister Black. And on Raw, on the Rumble pre-show the next night, HBK announced we are bringing back halftime heat. Oh, my God. Yes, thank you. That's what I've been missing in my life is halftime eat. Um, it'll be Ciampa Gargano and Cole versus Dream Ricochet and Black. HBK is going to be doing commentary. I would. Pre- is this live? Was this taped? I, what? It, how, do you know? I, I haven't, haven't heard. Uh, haven't heard. It's got to be taped, though, right? Because, the t- I mean, it'd be hard to get all those fans in there for one match, and the timing would have to be right. That'd be tough. Empty arena match. Six-man empty arena match. Everybody's get there's seven forklifts, eight bags of popcorn, you know? That's right. Well, that's the previous halftime heat was the infamous Mankind Rock empty arena match, and it was, you know, it, but this is different. Uh, cool. I'm like it. I dig it. Let, let's bring back Celebrity Deathmatch at halftime, too. All right. I'd like that. What do you think about their commercial where they take pot shots at Maroon 5? You a fan? <laughs> uh, my wife said, poor Maroon 5. And I'm saying, listen, this is where everybody is. Everybody hates Maroon 5. I like Maroon 5, but everybody else hates them. So, yeah. So what is it? Songs that Jane loves was the like big album they had? That was that was their first album. And I stand by it. It is an all-time great album. I love that CD. Their other ones have been a little too poppy, but that was a fantastic album. I'm a, I'm a romantic, so I do like Maroon 5. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and lie. I like the occasional Coldplay, too. You know, all this <laughs> no. I'll, I'll 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 have a nice glass of wine and listen to the Moulin Rouge soundtrack once a year. Whatever you know. Uh, my I mean, gift is my song. Sorry. Coldplay is like the uh, fancy wine person's version of Nickelback. That's what it is. There you go. Okay. Uh, back to the news. <laughs> I will just start. I'll go off <laughs> the Moulin Rouge soundtrack right now. Um. So that that wraps up all the 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 takeover news. Halftime heat is back. Tune in. I'm very excited to watch that. Uh, our own wrestling Inc. We had an exclusive. We found out that uh, Hurricane Shane Helms is returning to WWE as a backstage producer, uh, joining Abyss and Sanjay Dutt, Jeremy Borash, and really, I, I was thinking about this. As much as there is the Impact crew, because like Helms, I don't know that Helms was. I mean, he was he was part of you know he was there through the House Hardy stuff, but the Hardy brand is interesting to me because a lot of the guys that worked with Matt and Jeremy Borash on those house Hardy vignettes through that period that was like probably the most recently successful time in impact, all the producers of folks like that have now kind of been gobbled up. And it just made me reflect on like how the Hardy brothers have made the Hardy name, like very powerful in wrestling. I guess that's not like a huge revelation, but it's like extended beyond just the legacy in the ring. Now they're actually starting to change the landscape of the backstage producers and stuff. And I just, I just think that's an interesting observation that if the Hardy's friends, they're the people they work with are, are, are getting jobs. 
One of the greatest tag teams of all times, right? These two, uh, Jeff and Matt, fantastic. But bigger deal here, Jeff and Matt Hardy are super creative individuals. Mm-hmm. Matt has just this way of viewing the world that is it's somewhat broken, it's somewhat shattered, it's creative, it's out there, and, and that's been reflected. And I, I'm glad to see that, though. WWE needs more of this. Professional wrestling as an industry needs more of that kind of different viewpoint. And, and kudos to them, too. They've always kept their boys close. Uh, the, you know, Matt and Jeff have always kept their guys with them and took them with them places and um, and it, it pays off, you know, you're kind of in the family. So, yeah. And, you know, there's there's also something an idea of, look, Matt and Jeff have left. They had runs in Ring of Honor, right? They've classed themselves with these AEW guys. They had classics with the Young Bucks. It's no secret that these guys are not or that they're willing. It's no secret that they're willing to go out and do that if the money is better, if the opportunity is right. So if you're trying to do everything in your power to just create an environment to, to cater to the names that you've got, allowing Matt and Jeff to, to have some of their more, to have more of their friends around, especially people that are going to help them get more say within the creative uh, field uh, makes a lot of sense to me. You know, if, I don't if, think this is just one thing. If you're in the business of professional wrestling, it's great. You want to go after be especially if you're a wrestler, get a world championship, right? But having a holistic viewpoint on the business and where you can fit into it benefits you so much more in the long term. Guys going over to the announce team like Corey Graves, guys like this, this becoming producers. Shane Helms, never a world champion in, on the big stage, but he, he brought his mind to the game. He learned the business inside and out, and it, it pays off in the long run. Uh, speaking of tag team wrestling, uh, this leads very well into our next uh news bit here uh wrestling observer reported that wwe is expected to put new emphasis on the tag team division mm-hmm. hmm. uh this is apparently to counter aw who's expected to focus more on tag team wrestling obviously uh, uh e- evps the the young bucks uh this is m- possibly the reason Ryder and hawkins have been put together to, to strengthen that division uh the revival it was noted here was initially told they'd be pushed as the faces of this new tag division the fresh start has started uh, it, it hasn't really caught the revival. Last night, the revival did get a win here over Ryder and Hawkins. They've started to play up, you know, Hulk at Hawkins, a uh, long losing streak here. Maybe Ryder's going to be the one to help him turn it around. Uh, what what do you think here about the move to uh, or the moves they're doing here to to try to bolster the tag division a bit? The tag team division in WWE has been weird for years. Uh, NXT's yeah. tag team division was amazing for a hot minute. It's still fine, but the, the whole division. Look at your champions. You guys you guys have paired guys paired up who are not natural tag teams. The Miz and Shane, even the Bar, I love the Bar. They've done great things, but they are not a natural tag team like the Revival was. They've come up as a tag team. I I think you're going to need more restructuring to make this happen, and I think it's going to take a longer term plan than just a quick switch overnight so we'll see skeptical Um, but we'll see yeah uh wrestling observer also reporting that wwe has been telling talent that they're all gonna get pay raises when this new tv money kicks in here now don't go anywhere guys please we'll give you more money in a few months we promise one of those young buck styled money guns just (laughs) yeah um new deals in the future could be structured a little bit differently so guy uh, wrestlers could be making more money on a flat fee basis and then moving away from things like cut of gate cut of pay-per-view sales really an outdated model that applied to a time before you know they had things like the wwe network existed the wwe has 100 percent ownership of so the deals may change a little bit people could get more money obviously again this just proves what a great time to be a pro wrestler. Everybody's just getting more money. Uh, Lars Sullivan, uh, his Twitter PR rep, William Christensen, uh, Twitter rep, uh, updated fans on Twitter saying that Lars is fine and he's sorry to anyone he may have let down with his absence recently, seeming to tip the hat to the reports recently about his anxiety issues leading to him leaving the road. So we'll see if uh, we get Lars back in the mix here by Mania. And lastly here, before we throw to our interview for today, uh, Jack Swagger won his Bellator debut fight 
Uh, very happy uh, for J- Jake Hager, Hager, uh, Jack Swagger on his big Bellator debut. And man, he looked impressive. That dude is a monster. He did. He, he leaned into his natural strength. Jack Swagger is a very natural athlete, former collegiate wrestler, All-American. And I, I'm happy to see him get some success. I'm happy to see uh, Jack Swagger kind of find a new niche for himself. I hope it, he said he's going to have a long career in Bellator. I hope it does not mean we're losing him in professional wrestling and in that industry. I think he'd be a great fit for one of these rosters out there, but the, the man is happy. He's fit. He's winning. He's accomplishing stuff. So that's the most important thing to me as a, a happy, healthy Jack Swagger doing something he loves. So kudos to him. And he looked great, man. He really did. Absolutely great. Good job. Congratulations, Jack. He'll be another name to watch here in 2019 as all the money just flies around like a big money tornado. And you're trying to grab as much money as you can right now. Um, and now, if you're listening to us on iTunes, if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, thank you very much. Uh, right now, you're going to get an exclusive interview with Impact Wrestling Smoke Show, Scarlett Bordeaux. Hey, how are you guys this morning? Good, good. Uh, very excited to chat with you. You are like a huge breakout success, in my opinion, for Impact Wrestling. You've seen that some of your videos have done like nearly a million views and such on YouTube, right? Yes, yes, they have. <laughs> Actually, uh, 24 million with certain videos. Yeah, at least at least 15 million with some of my biggest ones. Wow, that's crazy. I was just looking at the Steiner one the other day. I saw it was creeping up on a million. Like, how does that feel to know that like this many eyeballs are on you right now in wrestling? Um, actually not very surprised. It's almost, uh, feels like this is what, this is uh, what it should have been for years ago. It was amazing to finally have this platform of impact wrestling to showcase what I feel like I've been, uh, I've been doing what I've been capable of for so many years. So it's actually, it, it, feels, it feels well deserved. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get to the Steiner stuff here, but you know, let's talk a little bit about your time in wrestling because you know, what everybody's seeing right now on impact is, you're like the, you're the sexy character, right? You're you're all you're just the manipulative, sexy woman who makes women drip in her fingers. But like you've you've not yeah, just to- totally a character, <laughs> yeah, to- absolute character. But like, there's more to you than just being this face. I know you've spent a lot of time in, in pro wrestling, so tell everybody out there a little bit about your your history and, and your training in wrestling. Um, well, I started my very first show that I went to was 2009. So that was the end of my senior year of high school. That was my first introduction to professional wrestling at all. I, uh, I wasn't allowed to watch as a little kid, but uh, I went with some friends who were some big independent wrestling fans, and um, I saw it. I fell in love with it. Um, very quickly, I asked if I could help uh, set up the ring, set up chairs just to be around it. This was AAW. It was uh, AAW and Shimmer were my first two shows. Okay. Um, and then I, I talked to Dave Prezak, and then I, I helped at the very first, the very first Shimmer show I went to was October. Um, and I saw what the girls were doing. I'm like, oh my god, I can, I could totally do this. Like, we could, I can do better. I was a, a little cocky, but um, I, I've never been an audience member type personality. I've always uh, wanted to be center stage in the spotlight. It's always been part of my personality since I was a little kid. Um, and then it was December. It was AEW where uh, Danny Daniels gave me a phone call, asked me if I had a sexy Santa costume, and uh, said he was going to give me a power driver, which I didn't know what that was. Now, but did because you, I was a, did you I was have very the, fearless. Did you have a sexy Santa costume, like, readily available? I told him, I'm like, no, but I can go get one. And that's okay. kind of been my answer with everything in wrestling. Now. I'm like, if I don't have, have it, I'm going to make it happen. Okay. So, I was just wondering. It seems like a weird, like, an odd request. Like, do you have that? Like, you seem like somebody that would own a sexy Santa costume. Anyway, keep going. I apologize. At this point, I probably do. I probably have an Easter Bunny Santa, Santa costume. My... my my whole closet's basically either 
gym clothes or looks like I'm going to be on the red carpet. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I hate to cut you off. Yeah, anyway, so you get this call from Danny. Take the pile driver, Santa outfit. Um, and after that, I uh, they, I guess they saw something in me, and they saw some they saw something. And it was Derek St. Holmes who was the very first person to say, "Like, let me take you under my wing." And um, oh, man. he ta- he taught me how to bump. And then I started going in Chicago to work with Steve Boz at uh, CSW. Yeah. But then it wasn't until um, I got closer to Jimmy Jacobs and Truth Martini, and that's when I really felt like I started to get my proper wrestling training you know from start to finish learn the fundamentals and then that really is where everything took off um with ring of honor that was, that was probably my first big opportunity that's that's amazing uh first of all i think you're the first person to ever bring up Derek st holmes on any interview i've ever done uh big fan of Derek's, by the way um but was it jimmy he's my wrestling dad yeah uncle yeah i called him uncle Derek. <laughs> go go find Derek st holmes cigar chomping yeah. man's man stomping around the midwest um but mm-hmm. but uh was it jimmy then that approached you about coming into to impact i know he's a producer backstage now um he was i actually met don Callis on accident in uh in japan okay so uh i met him uh through i was at a New Japan, and I was with some mutual friends, and I met Don on accident and started telling him some of my ideas, and we started talking, and he basically um, just at dinner was saying, like, hey, you know, we should give you a job because he likes some of my ideas, and um, I was telling him what I was doing at Stardom at the time. This was December, it had to be uh, December of last year, actually. This was in Tokyo, Japan. Okay. And then I, I got a phone call a month later, um, and then it wasn't until April when I had my very first tryout, and they didn't—they didn't even know at that point what they wanted me to do. They knew it was either going to be wrestler, manager, maybe even backstage interviewer. So I was tryout for everything. It's <laughs> a lot of pressure. Um, but that's the thing—is I know you—I know you can wrestle. I've seen you at AAW here in Chicago. I know, I, like, or would you? Are you? Per, would you have preferred to come in as a wrestler, or do you prefer coming in the way you have with this kind of sexy character that you, you're doing right now? The funny thing was, um, when they said manager or wrestler, they actually said they they they, they hired me as a wrestler with the intention to uh, wrestle. I think when I went manager, I was gonna immediately come come out with um with a male wrestler. You know, I was gonna be I was gonna come out with him. But uh, the way they hired me, they hired me as a, um, an independent female, and I was gonna be part of the knockouts division. So I think this everything we've done has just it has been a build to wrestle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a lot. I think a lot of uh, a lot of people go, "When's she going to wrestle? When's she going to wrestle?" But the build to, this, to my character has, at this point, this is what's uh, given me all this. You know, all the talk that everyone was talking about me, which is amazing. So when I finally wrestle, everyone's going to be very interested to see what happens. Yeah, you're entering glacier levels of hype. Really, it's been like that many weeks. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, um, it, it's really yeah. it, it's been fun to watch. I mean, you know, but what do you say to people who say, you know, we're in this women's revolution now, women's empower, empowerment? We're trying to move away from these over-sexualized women characters. What, what's your response to that? I think a lot of these women are hypocrites because a lot of them, a lot of these same women who are are, are amazing wrestlers. Um, there's plenty of great wrestlers, and they, they do these sexy photo shoots. Everyone, you see all these women, you know, like bikini photos and things like that. I mean, we do it to sell eight by tens. But every woman, they, we, we like being called pretty. We like being called sexy. A lot of them, I think, are just, um, they're there to put other women down you know people who say that um and it's also kind of talking down to the women who back in the day you know who were divas and trying to say are you trying to tell me that 
Trish Stratus and Lita and Molly Holly didn't have amazing matches back then. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. Oh, now it's since the women's revolution. Now women are having amazing matches. No, there were so many amazing matches in the last 30 years. Um, and it's also trying to say that, oh, now that's the women's revolution, are you telling me that every match women are having nowadays is good? No, of course not. It's just, uh, I, it's, 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 no, it's no PC term and everyone's become all sensitive about everything. And I think if I want to wrestle, I should be able to wrestle. If I want to be sexy, I should be able to be sexy. If I feel like wearing, coming out to the ring in a potato sack and I feel like it that day, that's what I should do. But I like, I like the makeup. I like the hair. I like how do you, nowadays people would say probably being extra. I'm a very extra person. So it's part of my personality. It, it makes me feel powerful being sexy. That's, that's for me. And it's not for everybody, but I'm never telling other people what, what they should do, what they should say. And I think, think that's generally what it should be. Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting. I, I was at homecoming. I got to see you briefly after the Monday tapings when you were taking fan or taking photos with the VIPs and you had just given Scott Steiner this like striptease lap dance in the ring. Uh-huh. And it was, you know, I remember asking you kind of like, Hey, are you like, are you, are, do you want to be doing this? And you very quickly were quick to respond. Like, I don't do anything I don't want to do. Right. Which I thought Ever. was <laughs> right. Like, do you want to expound upon that a bit? Because I feel like some people see you in this position. They think, Oh, well she's being put in this position. You know, it doesn't, you don't strike me as the kind of person that would uh, do anything that you wouldn't want to be doing. Oh, absolutely not. Even even when the idea came up for me, they, it wasn't a lap dance. And I mean, even the idea was just more of um, I was going to come out and uh, it, I would say kind of like a Kelly Kelly expose, if anything. And even when the idea was presented to me, they said, like, whatever you want to wear, whatever you want to be comfortable in, if you want to be a bikini. I didn't even have to take off the robe if I didn't want to. But I said, hell, I've been working on my body. <laughs> I was kind of this adorable pair of that I want to show off. And it's it's all it's all been a mutual effort and like I haven't been forced not once to say anything I don't want to do do anything I don't want to do in wrestling. Um, so I think a lot of times when these things happen, women don't uh, they don't speak up immediately when there's something that makes them feel uncomfortable. And I've always been the person to do that. I'm, I'm I have no problem saying no to something. I I have a, a very clear line and um, strong morals when it comes to things that I wouldn't be uncomfortable with. There's something I'd be afraid for my mom to see. I'm, I'm very uh, conscious of that. Um, I was trying to think of something like what, what if uh, someone I was dating were to see this, what if my boss were to see this, what if my mom were to see this, would I be okay with that? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, but I just, I, I see that for myself. Like if my grandchildren were to see this, which, you know what, if my grandchildren were to see their grandmas looking that hot, I'd be proud of it. I, that's how I look at it. Uh, what a weird statement. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I get, what, I get what you're saying. I, I'm not going to look at as sexy pictures of my grandma, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> I want to be a hot grandma. What can I say? Okay, fair. <laughs> now, you, well, first of all, we did just bring up the Scott Steiner segment. How was that working with Scott? It was a kind of a return to impact for him. What was it like working with Scott? Oh, he's amazing. He's so easy to work with. And um, I just saw him this past weekend, too, at this match at this uh, wrestling company. I was just sat and we hugged and had a laugh about it. And um, he congratulated me. He's like, we're both still in awe about uh, the views. We're pretty much at one million right now. So yeah. we just. We always, I always hope my stuff does well, and I honestly accept you because I see myself as um, someone who's worked very hard, and I, uh, I can see my own value. So it's really cool when numbers and things like that show for it. Now you have, like you mentioned, you've put up some really big numbers on YouTube. Um, do you think that the success that you're seeing is 
pushing the industry at large to maybe present a sexier product? I know for sure WWE has done like, you know, they did the the guy walks in Alexa Bliss taking her shirt off type thing and like Mandy Rose is in lingerie. Do you think that you're partially responsible for them maybe moving that direction? I think for a while, um, people, there's a lot of limits on everything with, with women. People are, um, they kind of pulled back the sexiness. Now, those are kind of, even though they say it's a women's revolution and, um, and the women can now wrestle like men, I think we always had that option, to be honest with you. It's nice. I think we have a more intelligent time, which is great. Um, but for a while, uh, pulling back the sexiness and like now there's sort of a limit on what you can do. And uh, they're kind of loosening that up, saying like, you know, it's, it's okay to, to have a little bit which is great. And, um, I've seen, I've seen a few things the last few weeks, which actually makes, it makes me really happy. So they're, they're listening up a little bit on the, uh, the way they were kind of stopping women being sexy. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I definitely would give a tip of the hat to you. I think you've, you've done a bit to push them in uh, that direction, you know, that's what women want to do or they want to do whatever. Um, mm-hmm. my, uh, I got, I got a couple minutes here with you. I got to ask, you did this massive talent search, they went on for weeks. You made men backstage and Impact Wrestling become zombies. But you also had fans submit videos to you. I can God only knows what videos were sent to you. I didn't I didn't know if you wanted to maybe share uh one or two moments that you saw men pitch to you or women pitch to you that, that particularly caught your eye or stood out to you. I thought it was kind of funny when people would just send me matches because I want I want to be entertained. Uh, so my favorite ones were actually anytime someone would sing to me. That's still, that's still. I'm a theater major. I'm a Broadway girl. So anytime someone would sing to me, and when people would sing with my uh, with my entrance music, that was probably my absolute favorite thing. Um, some of them, pretty much, some of my favorite ones we we did air. There were a few of them that were a bit cra- too crazy and inappropriate for TV. But maybe one day we'll. Uh, I'll, I'll just put those up just for my entertainment, just so you guys can all see them too. <laughs> Your talent search DMs and Jordan Grace's DMs, right? Those are the those are the ones that are going to make for a great DVD someday. Um, no, that's just my everyday. That's just my everyday inbox. <laughs> okay, got it. Uh, all right, well, we'll wrap up here. You're heading to Vegas. Uh, seems like an appropriate place for you uh, next month with Impact Wrestling. Uh, what are your plans? I mean, now that you've picked yourself, right, as the talent search winner, are we going to see you getting more physical? What What are your plans going forward? I'm going for the knockout championship. I'm just going to say that right now. You're going straight for the top. Because I, I asked Taya Valkyrie uh, yesterday. I got to talk to her a little bit about you. And she said you brought a, a kind of interesting element to the division. She said she'd never seen you wrestle. So I don't know if you want to send a message to, to the current knockouts champ. Um, I think it's better that she hasn't seen me because then she, she has no idea what's coming. Uh, Taya is an amazing champion. And um, she has spent... Uh, I, I wrestled at AAA, and she has spent many years there, so I know exactly how tough she is, and um, she's been the Reina, uh, Los Reinos champion. Um, so I, I'd rather have her not know what's coming, but uh, she's an amazing champion, and I can't wait to get in the ring with her. And thank you very much to Scarlett. We are here at the end of the show. Wow, it's amazing how that happens on the live stream. And we went those interviews this- fly by, dude, every week. Scarlett's great, man. Uh, very interesting. I hope you guys enjoy that out there. Uh, different side of her, you know, is is what she doing out of place, or is she allowing herself to be empowered through her sexuality? How do you feel? More power. She is framing it in this way. I will support her. I'm not going to be a naysayer and dismissive. So uh, go after it, girl. Go get it. If she wants to wrestle, she can wrestle. She wants yep. to be sexy, she can be sexy. She wants to walk around in a potato sack, 
she can walk around at potato sack. potato sack there you go oh man i love you're gonna love this you're, you're gonna love this interview michael i'm telling you it's very good different side uh, of scarlet I'm, I'm looking forward to it uh all right uh yes uh continue to subscribe to wrestling Nick audio on itunes find us i'll be back here the next two days on the youtube channel noon eastern with justin labar uh, talking the news the next two days so keep up with us here uh, also again two face they're coming to houston pre-elimination chamber st arnold brewery keep your eye tuned to the site for that and more post rumble news coming out this week uh, i'm nick hausman uh, i'm at wink rebel over on twitter michael you are michael wiseman at the real wiseman you can catch me back here later on tonight if you're watching live i will be on the smackdown post game show again and um i'm working on a little article talking about the um you know we're going to wait to see how this pans out, but but really digging into this new start, this fresh start in WWE. Uh, what's that? What does that really look like, and what's it accomplished so far? So it should be a lot of fun. Yes, I'm. Intri- I'm very interested to reflect on this as well. The fresh start, the new dominoes. Fresh start. Old fresh dominoes start. sucked. <laughs> you could use our pizza as frisbees. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gross. Uh, all right, and uh, uh, um, well, before we go, I will sing a bit more of Moulin Rouge. In this songs for you. And delete delete we're losing subscribers by the second thank you so much everybody for tuning in i'll talk to you to remi- i'll talk to you tomorrow and remember if you winked you didn't miss it